Welcome to God's Messenger Lighthouse Podcast. This is your host, Brother Scott Messenger, bringing you Chapter 25 from If I Perish by Esther on Kim. Chapter 25, Life in Prison. Jailer Kuriyama brought light to my darkened heart, realizing how God had prepared my way even before I came, I thanked him. As long as God was with me, this prison would not be as bad as hell. I recited chapter 54 of Isaiah. When I came to the last verse, I repeated it again. Isaiah 54:17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. The food in the prison looked much better than the box lunch we were served at the detention house. The smell of the soup made me nauseated, but I closed my eyes and ate it with one sip. I had made up my mind to endure anything as a prisoner. When I finished my first meal in the prison, I thanked God, and shutting my eyes, I pondered many things. Mother came into my thoughts. She never seemed to be upset. Although she was lonely, she was always clean, quiet, and pleasant, at peace with herself or within herself. Tears came easily to her, but they were tears of thanks, repentance, and of prayers for the unsaved. Because her heart was pure, she always worked diligently to make her surroundings clean, too, by washing, sweeping, and polishing the house. She was truly a living testimony of God's grace, strong spiritually, and very dependable. Once I teased her by t telling her that her name is written in chapter 13 of First of the first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. She was one of those persons who always lived for others. Once a week she filled a sack with aspirin, salve, candy, and tissue paper, and visited the poor. I had never seen her eat warm rice. She would always cook a large amount of rice at one time. If I have plenty of cooked rice, she told me when I asked her about it, I can give some to a beggar whenever he comes. In order to follow Jesus, I think we should always be prepared to give to others. Mother was so different from the other members of my family or my father's household. They only gave away that which they did not want to keep for themselves. They seemed to hate each other 
and only lived from day to day. They had no God, no holy day, no true joy or confidence. Whenever mother, wherever mother was, it was like a chapel of heaven around her. As I remembered all of this about her, thankfulness to God for giving her to me arose in my heart. God, I prayed, when I have accomplished this mission, award my mother the prize. I will be happy to die for you anyway. In a way, my prison cell was similar to my mother's marriage to my father. She was the daughter of a high government official and seal, and at the age of eight, she accepted Jesus through the efforts of a missionary. At that time, there was neither a Korean church nor a Korean Bible. She had no Christian friends, but the missionary taught her these four principal principles to live by. Number one, Jesus is the only begotten Son of God and is the only Savior. Two, Jesus will never forsake his believers. Three, Jesus is able to make to take all the misfortunes of believers and turn them into good for the believers. For Jesus hears the prayers of his children. About that time, there was an upheaval in the imperial court, and most of the government officials were killed. My grandparents barely escaped with the help of three servants hiding in a remote place in Kebsan, where prisoners were banished. When she was twelve, the family uh, left there to look for her husband-to-be, a youth who they thought was most suitable. She experienced great mental strain with her many new relatives, enduring tense days as the wife of the firstborn. Because she had no sons, my father had many concubines. She left my father and went out to Pyongyang, with me when I was still quite young. Although I was given the best education possible, she knew that education could not solve the problems of life. The loving God alone was the key to all things. Gradually, Christ also became my king, and the words of the Bible became the promises to save me, just as had happened with my mother. Having been overwhelmed by God's infinite love and glowing with God, with love from Jesus, I looked forward to being persecuted and tortured for his sake as a trial of my faith. I had read the Bible several times and stored God's word, will, and promises within my heart. I was prepared. I thought I would probably be able to give a good answer in this test. This was truly the trial I had been waiting for. Go to sleep. A female jailer who had just come on duty ordered huskily. At the same time, a distant sound of a trumpet uh, was heard. The sound seemed to declare something very grave. Just then a soft voice came to me, as if whispering that the heavy iron gate of the prison was shut forever. O oh Lord, I prayed, lead me, lend me thy hand. The extended, faraway sound of the trumpet sounded as if Satan were laughing and glaring proudly at me. I felt as though my chest had been pressed with a heavy stone, and my hands and legs were bound tightly. 
I began to recite Bible verses one after another. Gradually, I regained calmness and strength. I found myself becoming light and full of spirit, as if I had found light in the darkness. I kept reciting scripture until I came to the book of Isaiah. Book of Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah 41, 10 through 11. 10 through 11. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. I felt as if a trumpet had been sounding forth loudly and strongly from my mouth, and as though the sound had been ringing in every corner of the prison, because of this trumpet of triumph, the other trumpet ordering us to sleep seemed to be fleeing farther and farther in search of a place to hide itself. I began to think of mother again. We used to get up at four in the morning and go to church together to pray. We forbade ourselves to talk until we finished our prayers at church, so we walked in silence until we came to a Japanese shrine along the road. My mother stopped suddenly and looked toward heaven. Then she stomped the ground and said, Perish and disappear in the name of Jesus Christ, who has risen from the dead to live forever. She repeated those words three times. On the way from church, she would do the same thing. Mother, I said to her, the Japanese now have all of Korea within their shrine, and their nation is among the strongest in all the world. What do you think just one person can do? In God's sight, she said quietly, one person with true faith in him is far more important than a thousand without faith. Abraham and Moses and David all stood alone. They were called and served God as individuals. I believe God is the same today. The words of Second Chronicles were surely true, I thought. Second Chronicles 16.9 For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. The words of Second Chronicles were surely true, I thought. I am only an ignorant woman, Mother continued, and only follow the will of God. I'll go against the idol and beseech the will that the will of God also shall be mine. Power was in her eyes, and her expression gave me an even stronger impression. The only strength within her was the desire to follow God to the end without wavering. 
I thought we could do something effectively with God's almighty power, mother's faith and prayers, and the language I had acquired in school in Japan. Believing this, I would rise at four in the morning with mother and go to church to pray. Today, the Japanese boasted of themselves as being the most outstanding people in the world. They proclaimed that their gods were to be worshipped by all people. I continued reciting verses of the Bible while recalling those early morning walks to church. Devils, come out, I cried. I am a servant of God and am going to tell of the love of Jesus Christ and his saving power highly and widely throughout the world. In my excitement, I pondered, or I pounded on the floor with my fists. As the night advanced, ch chinch bugs crawled out from the ceilings, the ceiling walls and floor. Seeing such a large host of insects crawling in my direction frightened me. They were as tiny as dust and as swift as though they had wings. Some of those that fell on me from the ceiling bit me savagely, but most only crawled over me. Chinch bugs are creatures of the night, just as Satan's devils who live in a dark world of sin but would flee from the light of Jesus. If all of those ugly bugs had swarmed onto me and uh, sucked my blood within a few days, I would not have had one drop of blood left. Strangely, however, only a few bit me. Seeing this made me realize that the devils would also flee from me. When dawn approached, the ugly insects were gone. Uh, when would morning also come to this land and make the powers of darkness disappear? At three in the morning, I woke up as usual. My prayer time was so regular that I would not need to see a clock. The time slipped by quickly while I was praying. Soon the trumpet sounded to awaken us. It was getting light, and the new day came. The door to my cell opened noisily, and I was ordered to run to the wash place and wash my face. As I ran barefooted along the cor concrete corridor, I heard female prisoners talking to each other. I turned the faucet, washed my, hand, my face quickly, and ran back at once. Someone in cell two must not have been running as fast enough to suit the angry jailer. She hit her on the head with her heavy ring of keys. On her way back, she was hit again and came back to her cell crying. I guessed that she was ill or that her legs were not functioning properly after being bit beaten. After breakfast, which was exactly the same as supper, there was the morning inspection. A lunatic seemed to be confined to cell 7. She talked loudly in Korean. Inspect my cell too, she called out. Bring me a man or I won't let you inspect. He he he. Ne neither the chief nor the jailer paid any attention to her. A hairpin was found in cell 15. That was enough to create a real fuss as they questioned the inmates about it, trying to discover where it came from. Finally, the noisy morning inspection was over, and the two jailers who had been on duty were replaced and left. One of the new jailers stopped in front of my cell. She appeared to be frightened as she stood before me. Oh, 
You are number 57, she said. Isn't this a good number? I was pleasantly surprised by the tone of her voice. What may I call you, ma'am? They call me madam or master, but never mind about such a thing, she told me softly. My name is Jew. I can never change my name the way the Japanese ordered us to. It has been used for hundreds of years in my family. I tell them to call me Miss Red because Jui means red. I was astonished in this time when those who do not have Japanese names are considered to have dangerous thoughts and are treated bitterly. How can you say such a thing? You are very fortunate. She did not answer me. I can't understand how your father, who is wealthy and pro-Japanese, let you come to such a place as this hell. I will probably be able to tell you the reason someday, but it was not my father, but someone who is far greater who told me to come here. That's God, isn't it? Who is far greater than your father? How did you know? I'm a Christian. How wonderful! Is it so wonderful to be a Christian? She asked me dubiously, trying to read my face. As I talked with her, I worshipped God within my heart, thanking him for sending this Christian to be one of my jailers. Miss Jewy had only been at the prison as a jailer for a month. God had sent her and Kuriyama to be in charge of me. Jailer Jui checked the cells only once and stayed near me for the remainder of her duty time, talking without reservation. It made me wonder if God had sent me here for a rest rather than to be imprisoned. She wanted to tell me about herself. She told me about her unhappy marriage and about leaving her husband and returning to her mother's home, where she was also treated badly. Her mother wouldn't allow her to go to church, and she didn't fully understand God's love. I heard a, at church that the pastors and elders who were the closest to God were imprisoned, she said. So finally I came here and took the test. I was employed in spite of the fact that I do not do very well on the test. It's hard to look at the corruption. Everything is inconsistent here. I can hardly tolerate working at such a place, but since you have come, I think I'll be able to endure. The jailer who took her place was a grumpy middle-aged Japanese woman. She stopped at my cell and questioned me as she made her rounds. I watched her cautiously. I never knew what sort of violence she might commit against me. Actually, she might attack anyone without reason, like an ignorant and untrained dog, so I had to be extremely careful. When Julie came back on duty, she told me everything she knew about the prison. Like Kuriyama, she also said that she hated the chief female jailer, and then she went on to tell me how repugnant the jailers were. Many wicked prisoners had power, and they humiliated her, Kuriyama, and others. While listening to her, I felt as though cold water had been dashed on my back. Her duty was over in an hour. I closed my eyes and prayed. 
since the wicked and convicted prisoners reported everything that took place in the cells to the most troublesome jailers, both Kuriyama and Jui had to be very careful. One girl was said to have reported anything that she heard. She was only 16, but had four previous convictions and enjoyed causing trouble. After having been involved in several fights, she was now handcuffed and confined in her cell. After inspection one morning, she informed the chief jailer that she had something to report. Returning from the chief jailer's room, she looked triumphant. As a result of that interview, Kuriyama was taken away, and from then on I realized that I was being watched. Jui also was taken from my sight, and the prison changed into a dark and dreadful place. The jailers did not beat me, but seeing and hearing the other female prisoners being beaten made me tremble in fear. I decided to fast and pray for three days in order to receive God's special help. That three-day fast seemed harder than my previous ten-day fast. The prison coldness penetrated my bones, and I was shaking day and night. The prisoners in charge of the meals worried about me and encouraged me to eat. The jailer reported to her superior that I was not eating, so the prison doctor was called to examine me. He took my temperature and checked my heart. Her pulse is as weak as that of someone who is dying, he commented, commented to no one in particular. I'm amazed that she could live until now. He directed his attention to me. You have a fever, too, he said. Then, lowering his voice, he whispered, Cheer up. My fast came to an end the following day. The medicine and rice gruel were sent to me from the medical division. I sipped that liquid medicine, which was in a large bottle. It was not medicine at all, but was candy melted in water. It tasted so delicious that I finished the entire bottle. My frozen, shrunken body felt so light that I felt as if I could fly. Adding to my joy, the warm sunshine was coming in from the window high above. The agony of the three-day fast was over. Now, what happiness! I thanked my Heavenly Father again and again. On the other hand, the cold wind blowing in from the holes in the floor was as sharp as a sword. They seemed to be mocking me, and when evening came, I had to fight the savage cold even more. Would there be a miracle, or would each cell of my body freeze to death? Death itself was not dreadful, but the agony that would precede it haunted me. Morning came at last, and it seemed like a miracle to me that I had not died. It was snowing now, each flake an enemy soldier lying with the, that infinite army to attack me with an onslaught of unrelenting cold. I remembered the, the prayer that the prophet Elijah had cried out when he had fled to the wilderness in fear of Queen Jezebel. First Kings nineteen four. First Kings nineteen four. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, 
take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. The power that Imperial Japan was now exercising was greater than that of Queen Jezebel. Even nature seemed to be on the side of the Japanese. I coughed more violently because I knew that blood would follow a heavy period of coughing. My lungs would dry up, I reasoned, if I coughed hard enough, but my heart darkened as I realized that this slow death would be the same as committing suicide. I looked out the window and saw a bird trembling on a bare bough that had long ago withered. I was just like that bird. Suddenly I shook my head to the right and left vigorously. That courageous bird was playing in a swirling snowstorm, ignoring her enemies. I had to be such a bird. If she only perched on that withered bough, with her head stuck beneath her wing and feared the wind, snow, heaven, earth, and everything else that might challenge her, she would only freeze and die when night came. I cried out, Fly, fly, servant of God, fly high up in the sky with your utmost strength, without ceasing, without fear, keep on flying. My faith was so weak, I wanted to sob out my sadness and vexation. Although Jesus' holy power was infinite and his promise is true, why wasn't I able to walk bravely and cheerfully, loving and trusting him? I wanted to cry, but if I did, the jailers would think Christians were miserable. Instead, I sang hymns loudly, one after another, risking the danger of being rebuked for it. Awake, O north wind, I sang from Song of Solomon. Uh, Song of Solomon 416. Song of Solomon 416. His mouth is most sweet. Yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. And this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. I felt my heart widen and heighten like a clear blue sky. Suddenly the door to my cell was opened, and the jailer threw in a large package. There was a complete set of clothing, consisting of a silk coat, underwear, and socks. The new clothes were quilted with cotton for warmth. When I took off my dirty prison uniform and dressed in the new clothes, I felt that all my world had changed. I spread out the thick Russian blanket and sat on it, my heart full of thankfulness. I knelt down and worshipped God. I was no longer trembling. My anxiety turned to joy, and I continued singing, thanks to God, as the songs arose in my heart. The cold of the winter increased in intensity, and even with good warm clothes it kept me from sleeping. The number of prisoners in the women's ward had been increased over the weeks until all the cells were filled. Several were moved into my cell, which made it a little warmer than when I was alone. The food made us feel even more hungry after we had eaten it. All we thought about or talked about was food. I wanted sweets more than anything else. 
When the meal was served, my portion seemed less than that of the others, yet everyone complained that my portion was more than theirs. I exchanged my food for theirs only to prove that each serving was the same. When bedtime came, it was impossible for us to sleep. Uh, we were so hungry. This type of hunger was quite different from that fasting. There was a desperation in it. Next time, chapter 26, On Trial.